Hello and welcome to Talk Time, an interview special podcast brought to you by Sportstar, India's oldest sports magazine. My name is Lavanya and you're joining me on a very special episode recorded right before the start of the 2021 edition of the Indian Premier League. You'll see why that detail is relevant in just a minute. Before we dive in and meet our guests for this episode, here's a small reminder to click on that subscribe button to keep up with all of the latest episodes from this podcast. You can also follow all of the work that we do on our social media. You can find us on @sportstarweb or you can head over to our website www.sportstar.thehindu.com to keep up with news from the world of sport as it happens. Hello everybody. I've got two gentlemen here who are stalwarts of their individual um, industries and it gives me great pleasure to introduce both of them in this podcast here today. I'll start with the man I know close hand. Uh he's been someone who's been synonymous with uh Sportstar and the Hindus cricket coverage for several decades now. Um please welcome Mr. Vijay Lokpali. Vijay sir, it's great Thank to have you on this podcast. Thank you Lavanya. The main guest is Harsha Bhogle. Of course. There. You ruined my little big entrance that I had for no, no, no. <laughs> I was going to say what I was going to say is uh, at some point if you're my age that's around 25 26 and while watching cricket if you've ever picked up a bottle of deodorant or your remote and then stood in front of a cricket match and tried calling the game then this is the person you would have tried to emulate people don't call him the voice of cricket for nothing and it's an absolute pleasure to have him on this show Harsha sir welcome to the podcast thank you thank you lavanya but you did say something at the start you said two gentlemen now obviously you you're being kind to one of us i'm not sure both of us <laughs> if you have anything that can contradict that please let me know this podcast is actually a nice little deep dive into both of your relationships as well and no, it's interesting we for a person we like won't share secrets we won't oh. share secrets because otherwise you might say there is no gentleman on the program <laughs> available <laughs> i'd like to see if we can actually try and get around that in this podcast but um in all honesty it's great to have the two of you together in this podcast which is a you've sort of seen print journalism at its absolute peak during your writing days even now actually you still continue to to herald the kind of sports coverage that happens on print both for sports star and the hindu and uh, harsha you've been the voice of cricket broadcasting in this country and i don't think i'm exaggerating when i say that you are the voice that we think of when we think of cricket commentators in the country so it's great to have you both on the show to begin i will actually leave the floor to the two of you because both of you are friends you've had an association that's both professional and personal you've seen each other's careers and each other's lives through these careers just one small add on lavanya also wrote for sports star for a long time about 7 yes. 8 years but you were since you gave away your age you were probably too young to know that <laughs> No, I remember but reading, was, but yeah, no, it's no, more the voice. No, it was very pleasant. It was a very pleasant experience. Not once did we negotiate. Not once did we say, uh, "Why are you paying so much?" Because Hindu sports star. Now, I'll let you into a secret. Always paid more than I thought we needed to be paid. So, <laughs> so, so it was. It was a very pleasant experience. Nothing. No copy was touched. Deadlines were sacrosanct, and it was a very pleasant experience. Would you like to write for us again? <laughs> if i had the time if i had the time but i noticed that at this young age you're already aggressive enough so well done <laughs> you know right. now, 
people yeah. people think that he, he he only commentated but he actually wrote also he wrote match reports so yeah. i will briefly i will i will take him back take him to the 1992 south african tour we can discuss so many things later on where he was working the most i mean he was putting in more hours than any of us and he was sending reports to almost 6 to 8 newspapers every day and apart from doing the radio commentary with mr suresh saraya so let harsha only uh, talk a few things about the trip and his work i'll tell you two or three things about about the hindu and the role it played in my early years i remember two things about someone who was a huge help to me on my first two tours and that was uh, the hindu's cricket correspondent at the time r mohan i i remember when i first went to sharja 1990 first time i was traveling overseas i didn't know how to change money i didn't know what to do and literally mohan would hold my hand and say okay let's go to that exchange it's a good place he would tell me little things like how to send copy and and he was a huge help as as he was in england in in 1990 which i did purely as as a writer but i would look i would look we would all look at the hindu correspondents because they always stayed in good places the hindu allowances were very good the hindu reporters were always you know little different and and then when vijay started to come in the interesting thing was mohan wrote the match report and the hindu had lot of space for its reporters so mohan wrote fairly lengthy match reports and vijay then had to write something every day which was different from what mohan had written but mohan had already written most of it so that was that was a very interesting interesting challenge as well the other thing i learned vijay in those early days that the first gadgets that came in and I'm, i mean people will laugh at at the gadget that i think the first electric typewriter that i saw was uh, was something that the hindu was using where you had a four line memory so you could correct up to four lines and the printouts used to come out so clean you know unlike uh, our our manual typewriters that we used to go on they used to come out so clean uh, and and the first time people started faxing reports in so hindu was always uh, at, at at a different level to everybody else that that that's what i remember from my first uh, couple of tours so we were talking about we were going to talk about rather uh, the entire dichotomy between writing and then commentary which sort of happened in your career and vijay sir was mentioning the 1992 australia tour where you had gone in with abc and you had become a little bit of a star there where people were coming in and asking for your autographs this was way before i was born so can you take can you take us through what that experience was like for you yeah 1991 australia was a very 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 special tour for me and was the beginning of a relationship with a country that is that is very strange india has a love hate relationship with australia through the through the first 20 years of my coverage india admired australia but loved to hate australia but i found that i just got along with the aussies naturally because i enjoyed their style they came hard at you but they didn't hold it against you and uh and i've i've said this a few times uh david hooks became a friend of mine and hooksy told me mate if you just agree to everything that an aussie says he won't take you seriously you got your point of view come hard with your point of view and you respect him and that is why they always respected players who came hard against them they didn't like blockers they liked stroke players so they like lara they like vvs lakshman they liked people who took the attack to them and i found that even in broadcasting if you could state your point of view openly dispassionately that made for very good radio and that is why i enjoyed uh, en- enjoyed that phase they would come hard at me sometimes but i knew it was all in good faith and so i enjoyed doing the broadcast in uh, in australia uh, 
Uh, Australia was was a very different experience. Uh, I was just a little older than what you are now. Uh, not what you are, I mean, not Vijay Lavanya. Vijay is. <laughs> so we didn't get tired. You know, the good thing was that if your day was 16 hours long, you still didn't get tired. And so uh, uh, for, on that Australia tour, because I was being funded uh, in some measure by the newspaper I was writing for. So I would write for uh, the afternoon dispatch and courier in Mumbai, which was a lunchtime report because it was an afternoon paper. So my copy had to get there by eight o'clock. Then I would do commentary during the day and write a report for the Indian Express uh, at the end of the day. But also I had to write for a magazine in between. You know, and I wasn't like these Hindu sports star, like, wow, reporters had everything laid out for them. You got a paper and say, I'm from Hindu sports star, they would agree to do an interview. We had to go and do things. So I had to do video in those days because there were video magazines in India. So hire a cameraman, go and shoot video stories, send it off by courier. It would then get edited in Delhi and then come out as a video magazine. But I also hosted columns and, and all of us have hosted columns at the time. So I would do Richie Richardson, Alan Border, Azaruddin. I mean, the stories. And I mean, one day Kapil Dev got, was very upset, but he said, Azaruddin is too nice a guy. He will not say things hard. He said, Aaj Azuka column mein bolunga baitho aake. <laughs> and, and Azar said, Tiga baji, tiga. Because Kapil Dev had so much respect. Azar was captain, but Kapil was such a senior player that Azar would shake his head like me in Hyderabad. Do. Jio, 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 jio. You know? So, it was, it was, uh, Australia was the making of us. And then, of course, by the time South Africa happened, Vijay joined us as well. So that was nice. And the stardom in Australia, Harshu, I mean, people lining up to 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 take your autographs, nee, take photographs with you. Thoda, zyada hi chaha ke bol rahe aap. Nee, nee, nee. Merko malum, malum merko malum. I was a curiosity. Because, you see, Australia was a very closed place. Even after I went, it took them a long time to have an Indian on their television panel, for example. They would have English commentators. They would have Tony Cozier from the West Indies coming along. But they never had an Indian commentator. The only Indian commentator they had was the great Vijay Chakrapani in, in the years gone by. And he stayed on in Australia. And then he's, he became a big part of the ABC coverage. But a traveling Indian commentator was a curiosity. And suddenly they found this different intonation, this different accent, but somebody who was telling them stories about India. And so it was like a new world that was opening for them. And so I became a bit of a curiosity, different kind, different accent. So that I think that contributed largely to it. It was an eye-opener. I would actually, you know, Vijay, I, I remember at the Sydney Cricket Ground, there was this guy slightly high inside the clubhouse. And he came and said to me, so, did you study your English in England? I said, no, I've only been to England once a year and a half ago. So where did you study your English? I said, in India, we speak English. <laughs> I said, I think we've got more English speakers in India than in England. So it, it, he could not believe that an Indian could study English in India, not having to go to England or somewhere to learn. I mean, though that was how ignorant they were about where India was coming from. So I think to that extent, I was a curiosity. But one thing is clear, Vijay, I remember that time, every time I got into a commentary box, I would think that I am representing India. You know, I'm not actually out on the field, but I said, if I do well here, the perception of India will change. So that and feeling did, was there every time. That feeling did. was there. 
yeah actually before you all move on uh, i wanted to ask you about this because you brought it up the whole people's perception of this commentator from india who's speaking so well who's eloquent in what he's saying who's got his perspectives we talk about imposter syndrome in newspapers today or in newsrooms today where certain sections and this is within india itself actually women talk about it in the newsroom uh, marginalized communities talk about it in the newsroom so for for somebody who is representing india like you said in this uh, foreign sort of a commentary box and in spaces that are not traditionally reserved for us or not traditionally inclusive for us what was that experience like for you was there ever any doubt yeah. was there ever any moment when you come back to the room and be like okay what's just happened will this go well was were you ever uh, was it ever an unsettling experience for you at any point it could have been except that the abc was so ridiculously kind to me australian radio was so kind to me and you had lovely people there people like jim maxwell peter robark all these guys and so they became friends uh, after my first stint there the producer alan marks took me aside and said just take care of these one or two things and you'll be fine and they were very very good to me uh, my experience in england was a little different but uh, we don't have to uh, go there as a happy program but in australia they were so kind to me that 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 didn't come about but also you know i was very diffident in many areas but in the radio box for some reason i i, I never was because radio is actually an easy medium you cannot go wrong in radio you can go wrong in many ways on television but in radio you can never be wrong because if you're honest in what you're telling people about what you see how can you be wrong because you're just telling people what you see so so to that extent it was okay and yeah they were very kind to me so the point that you're making is very valid because we didn't have enough foreign exchange we could not go out and you know uh, if if you went to a restaurant in england for example i'll give you a small thing on our first trip to england if you went out to a restaurant in england the englishman would order a starter a main course naan and rice both and a dessert along with a drink we went we would order roti sabzi and out because of all the pounds involved we yeah. couldn't take somebody out for a we couldn't take somebody out for a meal so that feeling was there definitely that we were staying in bed and breakfast i would lug two bags up with a manual typewriter and two bags up the staircase of these small bed and breakfast places that didn't have a telephone because our uh, because two things one india hadn't opened up and our, uh, and uh, we had very little foreign exchange if you're a freelancer you have to apply to the reserve bank in advance huge forms and then get a certain amount of foreign exchange which you held on to for dear life and uh, so so we couldn't we couldn't afford that at the time once india opened up and foreign exchange became plenty it became a lot easier i mean when i went to australia 91 92 i was uh, being paid by day features and they paid me a part of the money up front then after that they did a transfer to american express then we had to go searching for an american express outlet then the american express outlet would check with their india outlet and then they would give us some money so we were like you know like you look at a bank when we look at that american express ka paisa milega nahi milega are paisa mil gaya and you know we suddenly felt rich so it, it, transferring money was a huge uh, lengthy process so it was not uh, but you know 
when you are young and you are adventurous and you accept, these things never seem to matter. You're asleep on the floor one night. It didn't matter. I mean, Vijay will tell you more stories than me because he's covered a lot of domestic cricket as well. It didn't matter in those days because you were so excited about covering cricket. No, no I remember one game in Baroda, you know, where Harsha was just visiting for a couple of days and uh, you won't believe, Lavanya, uh, we forced him. I mean, he was, obviously, he would have taken his uh, separate room also. But I, Vivi Krishnan and Harsha, we spent two days in that room, Baroda. Remember, Arshu, uh, Rama in hotel. The North Zone team was staying, uh, North and the West Zone team was staying there. And you had some work to do with the West Zone team. Sachin was in the squad. He was leading the team. And the whole night we were chatting, you know, we didn't sleep. You know, you know, I'll tell you something. Your memory, I see your threads on Twitter these days and the stories. Your memory is something else, man. I don't remember this at all. But your memory is something else. Yeah, I remember going to Baroda. Was that game at that old dusty Maharaja Palace ground? Motibag Palace. Motibag Palace ground. Ah. Just before the Nehru Cup. You were going so for the Nehru be, Cup commentary. That would be 1989. Yeah. No, 92. Nehru Cup, you there. Australia, South Africa, se aane ke baad, Nehru Cup. Uh, yeah. Uh, so oh, the, sorry, the, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, it was not 89. Oh, I'm so sorry, so sorry, so sorry. Nehru Cup was 89. Yeah. <laughs> you just jinxed it. You just jinxed it with the whole memory thing. <laughs> no, it was, if you remember, 92, uh, we were in, uh, we came back from uh, from uh, South Africa and there was yes. this Duli trophy and there was a trophy happening together. So, uh, we were, yeah. and after that, there was a tournament happening. So, Kapil, they went off. Not Hero, was uh, that Hero Cup? Hero Cup was 93. Haan, same, Hero same Cup one. was 93. Haan, nah, haan, same, not Nehru anyway, Cup, Hero Cup. Anyway, so we have now, we have now established that Vijay Lokapalli's memory is not as good as I thought it was. Mine is great, but this is also. I got the tournament wrong. I got the year right. <laughs> that but we had so much. We had so Lavanya, much it was. I and Narsha can go back so many years. You know, I've, we uh, growing up in Hyderabad. He grew up in Hyderabad. I was in Delhi, of course. And then I have. I know his passion for uh, commentary. He always wanted to become big. And there was a big break. I mean, he would do on, on Hyderabad radio. He was doing commentary for uh, local games and all. Very passionate. And then he did a big, the big break was he did, he shared mic with Farooq Engineer. Uh, Harsha would, would tell us more about that. And uh, that established him. But then it also meant that he gradually he moved out of radio. So why Harsha? I mean, you began with radio. One, why you were, uh, was it, was television more glamorous? You wanted to be seen on the screen or... Uh, was it was something else that you left radio behind? You were such a fabulous radio commentator. Look at me. Do I look glamorous? <laughs> I keep telling. I keep telling a lot of these young uh, female anchors these days. I said I have one big advantage over you, and they look at me and say, "What?" I said, "I'm under no pressure to look good. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure at all. This is just me, guys." No, I'll, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, I'll, I'll just narrate the the. The chronology. In 1983, I'm studying in Ahmedabad and I get a message from a very fine documentary filmmaker who was head of sport in Hyderabad at the time called P.V. Satish. Very kind man. He was a film society, film club kind of person. He had made a very acclaimed documentary on the Mahamastakabhi Shekam that happened very rarely. So that documentary was very famous. But he also had to do sport. 
So he said, I used to do these little sports roundups on Hyderabad Doordarshan. He said, you must also get a chance. Why should only Delhi commentators get a chance? So we, I came all the way from Ahmedabad and I did two stints. Based on that, I got a game. I got that game. Uh, I got a game in Baroda and Jamshedpur was against the West Indies. Now, here's something interesting. I'm in Ahmedabad. Where is Ahmedabad? Where is Jamshedpur? Right? Where are flights in those days? So I went, I took the Gujarat mail at night from Ahmedabad to Mumbai. Now, that reaches Mumbai at about 7.15, 7.30 in the morning, 7-ish in the morning. But the Gitanjali Express, which goes to Tata Nagar, leaves at 6. So I missed that. So that whole day, I'm staying with my mama in Dadar, in Shivaji Path. The next day, I take the, so now on day one, I've taken the train at night. Day two, I spent in Bombay. Day three, early morning, I got into the Gitanjali Express. So day four, morning, I reach Tata Nagar, Jamshedpur. Now, where do I stay in Jamshedpur? In those days, you used to get 75 rupees, 100 rupees a day, daily allowance. Where do you stay? One of the professors in IIM was my mother's classmate from psychology, was my mother's colleague from psychology. And he had gone to teach in uh, XLRI. So I, I said, sir, I have no place to stay. He said, come and stay with me. So I stayed in his house, did the game the next day, then took the train back from Tata Nagar to Kolkata. I had a Kolkata-Mumbai flight the next morning. Where do you stay in Kolkata for the night? Where's the money to stay? Where's the budget to stay in Kolkata that night? So from the station, this Kishore Bhimani, Shurajit Sen, all of us are on the train going back. I lent my blanket to Shurajit Sen. It was like big for me in those days. Hmm. And I went straight to the airport. And I sat all night at the airport because my flight was in the morning. I had nowhere to stay in Kolkata. Then the next morning, I took the flight to uh, Mumbai and then connected to Ahmedabad. So I must have taken six days for a one-day game. But But in that game, the commentators were uh, Kishore Dhimani and the rookie just watching around, having seen Kishore Dhimani and K.N. Prabhu as a kid in the press box in Hyderabad once. Baruch Engineer was the expert. Uh, Ravi Chaturvedi and Abhay Chaturvedi, both, they were the Hindi commentators. And Ravi Chaturvedi, bless him, used to speak in very Shuddh Hindi. And Baruch was the expert for both. And Ravi Chaturvedi in Shubh Hindi said, Vested Farooq, as dekha jai to, and he launched into, and Farooq engineered, being a Parsi Baba from Mumbai, settled in England, had no idea what Ravi Chaturvedi said. Sahi bole di aap, sahi bole aap. had no idea what he had said. But it was, yeah, that, that was a very, very good experience. Keenan Stadium in Jamshedpur. Right. So, yeah, I, was do, I was doing radio, yeah. I was doing a little bit of radio alongside. See, in those days, like now, All India Radio had 10, 15 commentators on their panel. Doordarshan had that many. So you got one or two games a year. So it wasn't that I moved away. It's just that I wasn't getting enough opportunities on uh, on All India Radio. And so in 93, the move to television only came in 93. Till then I was doing radio often. Okay. Uh, if I may, the considering the fact that you moved when you moved and then now you've gone into broadcast and now it's also spilling into digital. When you look back at how radio has come all of these years, what do you make of that? It's something that you left behind because you said there were a lot of, um, you know, logistical things. There were opportunities. All of those were points to consider to make your move out of radio. But about quality of radio broadcasting itself in terms of sport, what do you think has changed over the years? If an organization has had its best years in the 60s, 70s, early 80s, then that's not a good sign. 
because organizations must evolve with time and keep producing better or if not better more contemporary talent as as you go along the time when when you started off with uh, afst in the 40s 50s you had devraj puri narottam puri's father devraj puri pearson surita bedi sarbadikari those were giants it then moved into uh, raj singh dumarpur anand setlwad um uh, suresh saraya dikki ratnagar these were giants of broadcasting and in those days there was no television so you listened to them and they became part of your life and the standard of all india radio commentary was very very high i mean i would sit at home and imitate anand setlwad and try and get the lilt in his voice you know try and imitate the lilt in his voice until one day when i was doing one of my early games someone said you sound like anand setlwad and my head could have hit the roof i was like <laughs> floating for a while but once television came in all india radio did not feel the urge to remain world class and all india radio accepted that television is a powerful medium didn't try to say you know what there's things television cannot do that radio can do just yeah. as there are things that uh, radio cannot do that television does and abroad they adapted radio beautifully it became a really warm friendly chatty medium and radio survived it didn't thrive but it survived uh bbc test match special remain all right abc grandstand remain all right south africa had a decent radio going uh, new zealand had okay not much budgets were going but all india radio never grew 20 years later all india radio was doing the same broadcast that it was doing 30 40 years earlier and i i promise you if you have 15 reporters covering cricket for the hindu and you tell each reporter you will get one tour then 8 months later you will get one match then 2 years later you will get one match how will your people grow and it, it disappoints me enormously radio is a beautiful beautiful medium at what point you thought that the radio was dead i mean i feel radio commentary has gone down in in terms of quality a lot and they've lost their uh... i thought it couldn't go down but it did i thought it couldn't go down anymore but it did it still throws yeah. up the odd nuggets it still throws up the odd nuggets There's still the odd uh, the people who are who are good there but there is no desire to have a small panel and to be the best that you can be they still live in the past that that is why but i'll tell you one thing uh when twi came in you were suddenly given full series to do when you were given a full series to do then it could become a living yeah earlier it couldn't be a living so the moment you got a full series to do that is when it became a living and that is when uh, more and more television started Okay, so but to be I fair, think, yeah, to be yeah. fair to radio, though. Now, obviously, you're talking about a loss in quality, which is something I can attest to because I used to listen to uh, radio commentary earlier when the IPL had just sort of begun, and then we had these vernacular radio stations, which used to do, like for instance, here in uh, Chennai, we used to have, I think, Red FM or some couple of FM channels were there, which used to commentate the match, and then they used to have like a tiny. Uh, sort of a prize winning show kind of thing where you predict the number of runs that the team will score and then if you yeah. get it right and you call in you get something those were engaging because you they would call the match as it happened and then you would have the allowed to the they allowed to i think there's still this i think the the broadcasting bill still doesn't allow private channels yeah, to be to i don't know by ball they would do yeah. updates and do contests yeah possible possible absolutely possible but i remember listening to this because i used to go to school then and then when we used to come back after like tuition or something my mom used to let me carry this tiny little mobile set which only used to have fm radio as your window to the world and we used to listen to this Lovely. but has vernacular done what yeah 
I'm with sorry? every statement, you don't have to remind Vijay and me how old we are. No, no, I'm not reminding you how old you guys are. <laughs> Maybe what I'm reminding yeah. you is the fact that even no, no, though true. you guys have evolved, both of you have evolved with time. It's You all have both started with yeah. very pure print, pure broadcast mediums, which you are now taking over and matching how technology is evolving. Somehow radio hasn't. I don't know if anybody now listens no. to those shows, even no, over the also, last eight years. Look, mm-hmm. we all got a break because All India Radio used to broadcast every Ranji Trophy game. So there was live broadcast of every Ranji Trophy game. So a lot of us got our opportunities doing Ranji Trophy cricket. And because we could do Ranji Trophy cricket and watch around, we made mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes growing up. But those were on a on a uh, lesser, smaller playing field. So you made your mistakes there and you learned what was happening. You had your embarrassing moments there. You had your tongue-tied, mouth-going-dry moments. All, all that happened over there. So So... That that doesn't happen anymore. But the point you make about vernacular is valid because I've been saying for almost 20 years now that we are not an English-speaking country. We are an aspirational English-speaking country, which I still don't understand, in that a lot of Hindi-speaking people seem to look up to English and I, I say, why? The French don't, the German don't, why should we? So we are not an English-speaking country. It was inevitable that as soon as language broadcast started, that they would start going ahead. And now, on television, English is 25%, 25 to 30% of the whole broadcast. Uh, Tamil is catching up slowly. And what is it? someone told me something interesting. You pick up these little nuggets. They said, you know, my grandmother always liked cricket. But she would watch, but she could not understand very well what you people were saying. Now we have Kannada commentary. Yeah. Now suddenly she can understand, she can follow what is saying. So she started watching the game even more because now she follows the game in Kannada. So that, that was inevitable. My fear with the vernacular commentary is that we should not assume that anything goes in vernacular. That because it is vernacular, anything goes. Just as newspapers do, it's my pet grouse, that because it's digital, anything goes. In print, we will be rigorous. On digital, anything goes. We cannot have a system where we say, oh, it's Tamil. Anything goes. We can chat anything we want. No, Tamil commentary has to follow the same rigor as a world feed English Hindi broadcast should. The Bengali commentary has to follow the same rigor. A newspaper's digital arm has to follow the same rigor as as the print uh, journal. I mean, I am amazed at hardcore, serious print publishing houses letting anything go on digital these days. In the urge to be the first, the need to be right has vanished. Everyone wants to be first. I mean, I was just telling Vijay a little while back, when you go to a doctor in his urge to give you the medicine, does, has he stopped asking you or has she stopped asking you what's the matter with you? So That's right. in, in digital, we are in such a hurry to put things out that clickbait has emerged. I don't mind clickbait emerging for mischievous outlets. There are enough mischievous outlets and they make their, their existences derived on being mischievous. But reputed publishing houses are, because of the impact of clickbait, are putting out mischievous stories, which is what worries me. So we covered the whole gamut of journalism. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to ask you about that, but yes, you've actually covered it. Vijay, sir, your thoughts on this? Well, I'm I'm again old school, so uh, I'm a particular thing. I was talking to Hasha when he said, you know, there was say in old times a report for it to appear in the newspaper, it would have to be scrutinized very, 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 uh, uh, what should I say, very closely. So there, it was the check. There were two places, two points where the report would be checked. So there was very little chance of such mischief, uh, you know, getting into print at least. Yeah. 
but uh, times have changed things have changed and if you i mean it's very sad uh, we won't get back to those days glorious days but uh, let me tell you something that you know i and harsha we have a very close relationship and i want him to talk about his father uh, who was also a big influence on me because whenever he would come to delhi he would come to stay with us and because he loved my mother's cooking and every time he would come he would bring a book for me you know so that's how i yeah he, he i got into this uh, uh, habit of reading books and uh, of course i mean going up with harsha i took pride in his work uh, he did babysit once and did a good job <laughs> let him let him briefly <laughs> tell us that i think something very funny it showed me one of the earliest things you wrote was either in the link or in patriot okay eh? and it might have been a letter bef- letter to their son before the article started and he showed me he said see vijay started writing this yes but vijay's mother i tell you i mean i have so many fond memories but the one that stands out is the first time i had maggi two minute noodles we didn't know what two minute noodles was and you know we didn't come from families where you went and bought five packets that are lying at home it was new so there was one packet or maybe two i don't know one packet and we were so happy at sharing two two bites from that one packet and i came back telling people i've eaten two minute noodles it was such a wonderful innocent world but she was a fantastic cook and i'll tell you one other thing in i used to come i stayed in your place in winter once there was <laughs> there was a chemical engineering trade fair and my father was very very academic my father said why don't you go and act as an interpreter i studied french i i uh, got an advanced diploma in french so instead of preparing for my postgrad ke- uh, chemical engineering entrance i went to delhi and because it was in pragati maidan was walking distance from uh, your house so the exhibition was in pragati maidan so i would go to pragati maidan and i was the interpreter for a french chemical uh, uh, dis- manufacturer i would do the french to english english to french translations and i would come back but because i had to go early we had to have uh, this hot water bath and hot water was either immersion rod or you boil water in vijay's house just between the door and the floor was a small gap and the cold wind would come through that it was so cold i don't know how these people lived in that cold but yeah we have many many memories but we as a result what happened uh, lavanya was when we started touring together from 92 we already had a lot of uh, shared interests and i didn't know much about cricket of, of the north so i would learn a lot about cricket from the north i first heard of sonnet club for example from uh, uh, from vijay and i would learn a lot of these things so we actually learned from each other quite a bit as we were as we were growing up and yeah it was people shared new i mean vivi krishnan became a really good uh, really good friend of mine I discovered Vivi Krishnan was a good, very good photographer, but he was a very good cook as well. Yeah, it's so, fantastic. Ah, Shridharan, uh, who was the other other photographer. So we love. We we had so much. We used to eat eat together. Two was a good fun. Two was a good. And once I can I can tell you once I had a, 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 a almost not an argument, but um, I think what is this Harsha? Because Harsha invited me for dinner, and he ordered. and uh, the the pizza came no, without any bloody toppings so i said harsha i'm not going to have this so <laughs> he said okay okay forget it we he took me to a melbourne harsho 2003 2000 um, uh, that 2003 uh, uh, christmas uh, time and uh. great difficulty we found out one restaurant and because in the team hotel you were in the team hotel nothing was available except for this pizza which came without bloody toppings 
So it, it was at Hilton, very it was at Hilton across Hilton huh? across the park. It was at Hilton across the park. Yes, yes. So uh, he, then he took me to a, a good restaurant and um, treated me to a fantastic dinner. But we I have had some very wonderful moments, and I have seen him grow. And now, of course, I mean he's very humble. Uh, uh, he, is, I want to know Harshu that sitting in the commentary box, and uh, people say you haven't played Test cricket. So how do you how do you hold your fort? I mean, how have you managed by, to to yeah. make your place in that in the elite group of Test players? By not doing things that I don't have the authority to say. And I'll tell you, Vijay, whatever cricket I played, I played a lot of cricket on matting wickets. I didn't even I played two games on turf turf pitches. So what I do even today, even today, is when the pitch report is happening, I go and stand there, or in the commentary box, I put in my ear because I don't, I have no clue looking at a pitch what it's going to do, no idea at all. So I hear the pitch reports, or I try and look at the pitch, or I go and ask the umpire. Yeah, ऐसा क्यों है? ये वैसा क्यों है? So that is an that is something that when you have actually played on pitches, you will never understand. I mean, I remember the I played an inter college final on turf, and I'm going out to bat. Arshad Ayub is batting at the other end, and he said to me, "Mia, turf pe khele na?" And I said, "What a strange question to ask from one of Hyderabad's leading players." I said, "Kai ko puchne?" Hmm. He said, "Kabi bhi nahi khele?" I said, "Nahi." Aha, mujhe aage khelo. Because in on matting, you you are we were all khade khade batsmen. You didn't need much footwork on matting pitches. You could stand where you were on and ride the bounce. So the first ball, Kamal Jit Singh, he had already run the trophy player. Kamal Jit Singh ball in, and I did not know what happened after the ball hit the deck. I only heard it going into Kiran Reddy's gloves. No idea what happened to the ball. And he came up to me, Arshad. He said, "Mai kya bola?" I said, "Aap bolye aakha aage kilo." उटिंगटिंगटिंग Is the ball not carrying to the keeper? How far is the keeper from the stumps? Is he collecting it here? Is he collecting it here? Is he collecting low down? You know. So from that, I try and deduce, but I can't read pictures. So I try and stay away from things that I do not. Sure. Okay. If I may, about the um, the fact that there is a lot of criticism coming commentators' way generally, also whether we play or mm. whether they don't play. Mm. One mm. of the other things that I think has stood out for us, and I speak not as a journalist, but I speak as someone watching the game, is this very fine line between broadcasting a game and cheerleading. So mm. we've been seeing this in football. We see this in in a lot of sport actually at this point because we're all moving towards a, a coverage that's very nationalistic for whatever reason. How hard is it to maintain that objectivity? How hard is it to maintain that balance between both the sides that are playing? It could be any country. It could be even a domestic match. But how hard is it to to just you know do your job and not get too passionate about the people you're covering? Uh, there, there's two different things about doing the job and not being passionate about the people versus being nationalistic. Uh, it was never a problem till social media arrived. The moment social media came in, everybody started reacting. you got people who fall who are who are playing a game but for all that they say they actually read their mentions 
whether it's on Instagram or earlier on on Twitter, they read their mention. They see what people are saying about them. They see suppose, suppose I might uh, suppose I might have said something about a player. Uh, they will react to that, and the players see that. But increasingly, there is a desire to be nationalistic, and there is there is no doubt it is very very difficult. Yeah, it's very difficult because uh, as as I tried to explain to someone far far more famous than me, I tried to explain to that gentleman the difference between. Uh, it, it was the it was the Bachchan tweet in 2016. I tried to explain to Mr. Bachchan through a series of DM messages on Twitter, and to be fair, he replied to me. He's a polite man about the difference between a world feed broadcast and an India-centric broadcast. Suppose I'm doing an India-centric broadcast. Now, I'll take, give you an example. Now this time, India versus Australia, Australia versus India is happening. Our commentary is going only to India. The host broadcaster, Fox Sports commentary, is going all over the world. But the commentary we are doing out of the studio in Sony is going only to India. We can be India-centric. We can talk. I can talk about Chakari Pongal for uh, Washington Sunday. Right? I may not have been able to do that on Fox Sports. To the same, I'm just giving a small example. Yeah. But we can. Our focus can be India. We cannot be biased. If India is doing badly, we cannot say no, no, no. Actually, India is doing well. What you're seeing on the ground is is all Maya, Jagame Maya, whatever is India is doing. Well. We cannot be biased towards India. We can be India-centric. On a world feed, you cannot be India-centric because everybody is watching that broadcast. So yeah. I tried to explain the, uh, explain that, but there is increasingly, uh, a, yeah, there is increasingly through social media, largely, a pressure to be, uh, to be a little more nationalistic, which is a little difficult. Sir, do you see, Vijay sir, do you see the same thing spilling over in print journalism? Well, print, print, if you see, there is hardly any scope for print to do that. I mean, they don't have any access today uh, for, for you to, you know, think of uh, writing differently. You will have to have access to players. So here again, I'll just connect this thing with uh, with Harsha because uh, 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 I want to know from, I want him to tell you, you know, you all you young people that how it was during his time when he was young growing up and the access he had to the players. The stories which uh, there are so many stories which he has, uh, which he will never tell you. I mean, they will stay with him, right? But this this relationship, Harshu, with the players, uh, it's missing today, uh, obviously, and uh, not for you. You are still in contact with them, but the other journalists they hardly have any access to the players. But how was it earlier? I mean, the, the, do you remember those glorious days when you could go out for dinner with somebody and you know you could just. You can even argue with them on, on, on a point and then still maintain good relationship. We used to travel a lot together. And so uh, I think there's a mutual respect. I, I'd like to believe there's mutual respect. I always say that trust takes a lifetime to build and a moment to lose. And if you did lose trust, you made friends for life. Going to Tendulkar's wedding, having breakfast with Rahul in his house. I wanted to do an interview and he said, come, come and have breakfast with me. You knew Rahul's father. In, in 94, when India A were playing a series, Rahul's father used to want to watch everything that his son had done. I mean, that's that's very natural. So, and TWI was just doing domestic cricket. After every game, we would cut a VHS and send it to Rahul's father. And that's how relationships relationships got built. So, when Rahul got married, he introduced me to Vijita and said, Vijita wanted to meet you. And uh, the friendship started to grow like that. I went all the way to Hyderabad for VVS Lakshman's wedding because we knew his family. Anil Kumle was a gem when you, when, you, when you got to know him as a person. So when you got to know them as persons, when you went out to have dinner with them sometimes, they would let their guard drop. 
but they would let their guard drop only if they knew that it was safe to do that and yeah. what you heard at a dinner that you were having with them was not something that that went around went went around too much and so you could build relationships and i'll tell you one thing in all the years even in television through the period that i consider my happiest period which was uh, 2001 2 3 4 5 6 that 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 period there were ups and downs india lost uh, in in south africa india drew a very good series in australia i somehow missed the tour to pakistan which is my biggest professional regret uh, not going to pakistan 2004 on that on that great tour but india also lost there was that that huge thing about uh, great chapel and sort of gangulia found myself right at the center of it all and i got a lot of flack but never from sort of because sort of knew the true story never got flack from sort of i got a lot of flack from everybody who didn't know the truth but throughout this period not once did a player come up to me not once and say why did you say that if i had a doubt i would ask sachin sachin hey kai in marathi you would ask him but hey asa ka zala i mean i remember one game where sachin miss hit a shot uh, edgebaston 96 he was playing beautifully miss hit a shot and next day i said hey if you had connected it would have cleared the fielder and you know what i mean he just smiled at me and said nah mate if i that connected would have cleared the boundary and gone for six and then we had a laugh over it and whatever so a lot of and, and there are many other stories but there was a trust that was built up with the arrival of social media social media breeds mistrust so with the arrival of social media increasingly that trust uh, uh, deficit is there and a couple of times we got very naughty media managers who tried to ingratiate themselves to players by saying look look this is what the commentators are saying about you because they thought that that is their way of getting close to players so we had a couple of naughty people like that as well so it's it's a lot more difficult with the arrival of uh, of social media so and also now for me there's there's a bit of a generation gap i mean uh, shuman gill and rishabh pant they are 20 or 22 23 they're much much younger than my children so i i, I mean uh, lawan you you find this funny but three or four years ago i was i was doing a post match presentation and there was this young player from baroda called deepak hudda who had just come out vijay had just come out of the under 19 world cup in 2014 so it was in 15 16 there about and so i had to invite him i said he was man of the match deepak aye and i said aur bete and the producer died he said kya happened in my year i'm hearing the producer <laughs> dying laughing kya kaha apne bete and afterwards i went and told him yaar ye mere bachche se chota hai but these things happen sometimes aa bete aa jao jao you know so now we are at that stage in life so it i i i love this younger generation but it won't it's it's not the same thing as we but does this also mean that in a lot of senses it's difficult to do critical pieces because that's one of the things that we as journalists sort of look at right now if people do hold back from criticism now because we don't know who's who it's going to rub the wrong way so does doesn't that actually go against the interests of journalism so to speak and the interest and the interest of the reader now it depends on what platform you're on yeah. and it depends on how much you need the player now when when uh, mohan and vijay or uh, mohan and vishi and vishi and vijay were doing all those tours for for the hindu there was a relationship that was built up you had access to the players but I don't think there was a player who said I won't talk to Vijay. But suppose Vijay's job depended on the player talking to him. Then Vijay could not write a critical piece on the player because the player would say I won't talk to you. So increasingly what has happened is with television doing elaborate pre-shows and mid-shows 
beyond clickbus do that every platform is now starting to do that the person at the ground doesn't have the, the the match report has lost its sanctity because 10 minutes after the match everyone know what's happened they're not going to read it yeah. in the paper the next morning yeah. so editors increasingly are asking reporters to get quotes to get stories around it to read into post match conferences now for that you have to know the player very well for that the player yeah. has got to like you other players are baat hi nahi karunga abhi tumse or as sometimes happens in press conferences these days they talk down to the reporter so increasingly the power difference where which was never 50 50 is now so tilted in favor of the player that people are worried about writing very very critical pieces unless you're completely independent yeah you're completely independent now if you're writing for a newspaper and your job depends on getting that quote from the player then there is an issue but if you're a completely independent writer and there are many still there then you can you, you can still say what you want i mean i'm sure vijay must have said one day that's a terrible shot rahul dravid played Right? I'm sure you. I'm sure you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure fact, you said. I, I, what is this Indian batting order doing? I have had issues. I have had issues. Once I remember, Rahul came up to me and said, uh, "I need to speak to you." So we sorted it out. Tendulkar once said, "To to Kutli match was it, Das? I mean, he which match were you watching? So fine. Next day he realized that you know I wasn't that off the mark. So it was mutual. You know, I could I could once Kumble said. because what you wrote i got dropped i said no i wrote because i knew you were to be you were going to be dropped so that was the difference <laughs> in sri lanka you know they were going to singapore so uh, he he thought then i said no we were we were we were never in that position to influence uh, selectors you know to drop a player or maybe include a player we all had wrong inhibitions wrong wrong impressions yeah. about ourselves there is another thing vijay there is one other thing that's happened which is that players even today actually believe that what a broadcaster is saying or what a journalist is saying can harm their careers i've told so many young players and now i start to think maybe i'm talking like a grandfather but i've spoken so many told so many young players that there is not a thing that a broadcaster says that can come in the way of you scoring a run i cannot stop you from scoring a run i cannot stop you from taking a catch i cannot stop you from taking a wicket if you believe that i can stop you from scoring a run yes you will allow yourself to stop scoring a run because of what i have said but there is no force on earth that i possess that can stop you from scoring a run if you worry about what i am saying and i said if you keep scoring runs the ball takes care of itself you keep taking wickets the ball takes care of itself if you if you are running into a ball thinking yeah i wonder what that commentator is going to say about me then your focus is already somewhere else So I tell a lot of I, I mean what I would love my dream job coming up is actually to go to the NCA and talk about the media to a lot of young players. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I have had times when I I have gone and said, yeah, it was I I made a mistake, right? So and there have been times when they have also come and said, yes, uh, we 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 read it wrongly, you know, interpreted it wrongly. So this is mutual. I mean, if over a period of time, if you get to Uh, see each other for on long tours, and you know, uh, say a couple of years you have been in the profession. You come to respect each other because if the player is on the field, he also realizes that this man, whether Harsha or Vijay or Ravanya, sitting there and watching them, right, and and writing about them from very early early uh, stages of their career. So uh, this has to be mutual. Uh, but times have changed. Yeah, but to be fair, to be fair, if you are sitting ninety meters away. There's only that much judgment that you can pass, and yeah. as a journalist, you've got to be very careful 
about passing judgment in an area that you're not that you don't possess. Correct. So, Correct. so I've i said we need re- the game needs reviewers. On after my first tour in 1990, I said the game doesn't need reporters. The game needs reviewers. But we were lucky, Lavanya. Nobody came and told us, uh, me or Harsha, definitely that nobody asked us how much cricket have you played, because so no, not uh, once. Hmm, yeah. Not once. Not yeah. once. Yeah. In fact, I'll tell you something. There is one player who said to me that let's talk about the game if that helps your broadcast better. He said the game is changing a lot. My style is changing a lot. I don't mind sitting and talking to you about the different deliveries, the different wickets. If that helps you as a broadcaster, please tell. And I, I, I quite enjoyed that coming from someone who's a lot younger than me. So Fair enough. That, that's nice. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting that you said that the power equation between players and the media has never been fifty-fifty. It's always been a little unequal, and it's it's gone either way. In that sense, now we have this uh, increasing need for people, be it journalists, be it players, be it anybody in the public, like to be politically correct. Now, how much does that sort of factor into commentary? How much does that factor into how broadcasting works itself? Harshad, it's a lot easier for me. It's a lot easier for me because I'm not there sitting in judgment on what a player has just done. I'm still the narrator, so it's a lot easier for me because uh, because as I said, I don't have to comment on the correctness of a shot or the correctness of an approach. I can I can say this is what I think. But I'm on 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 happier ground, on firmer ground. Sometimes I do get criticism saying you're you're trying to be too correct. But I say I don't have the bandwidth to be more critical than I am at the moment because I'm now moving out of my area into an area that I cannot defend. So suppose, for example, someone bowls short and he hits it out of the ground. If a player is known to be a great puller of the ball. I can say, yeah, it's a bit odd that he's bowling short when someone's when someone's uh, such a good puller of the ball and there's no support there. But I cannot go beyond that because I don't have the bandwidth. So I right. I stay in my bandwidth. It's a little more difficult for uh, for some other people. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure how they how they handle it because I uh, I'm I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Of course, actually, as so, a it is, sort of a, it is also I, a factor. It is also a factor increasingly on who produces the telecast. So that there are there are these, uh, I mean. If, if if you are your reporter on the Hindu, and on the pages of the Hindu, can you be critical of a report of the Hindu? Yeah, fair enough. So, so to some extent. Yeah. So actually, along those lines, that's the one thing is of course the persona that these people have on the field, and the other thing right now, at least in the age of social media, is the larger than life personalities that they have off it as well. There's so much of brand endorsement. There's so much. They are there in every sort of sphere because of advertisements, because of how commercial the game's gotten as well. Is it fair then to think that we can hold them responsible for the views that they have off the field as well, or is that something that, as sports journalists, we should just keep away from? No, I think we must be aware that a lot of these young men, and increasingly a lot of these young women, are very good at something. They need not necessarily be savvy at other things. If you can play a great cover drive, it doesn't mean you're a great investor. It it doesn't mean that you have a great awareness of foreign policy, yeah. and it doesn't mean that you should understand what is causing inflation or whether the political left needs to align more with the general uh, walk in the general walk of it. They are very good at playing a cover drive. Sometimes we expect too much from our stars. I've been blessed. I've had a I've had a wider education, but I myself find myself falling a little short on understanding this whole left versus right, the social divide. 
and whether there's a particular cause. Do I know enough about that cause? Say 370 comes up. Do I know enough about it to make us yeah. to make a firm statement? Do I have experience on 377? Do I know enough about CANRC? Do I know enough about that? So I myself find, uh, in spite of having a broader outlook, I find myself asking myself, do I know enough about it to have a firm view? Especially if people are going to take me very seriously and are going to get influenced by it. So the bigger yeah. the influencer you become, the more careful you you've got to become. But a lot of these people, from the time they're fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, they've lived in bubbles. Their life has been cricket. Their life has been training ground, training ground, training ground. A lot of them haven't gone to degree colleges. A lot of them haven't studied other courses outside their game. So their view of the world is necessarily going to be only that much. So to expect a player who's played fifty test matches to have a great awareness on defence policy is expecting too much. So I think sometimes we expect too much, too much out of them, and then hold them to uh, hold them to standards that they don't possess. Fair enough. Why, why does so and so not have a point of view on uh, on homosexuality and criminalisation of that? Yeah. They've not been exposed. They don't. They're not read enough. Maybe they don't know. Some people have, and they have a point of view. But not everyone does. Fair enough. I have suffered from that expectation myself. In that people have accused me of not saying enough on something. Yeah. And assigning motives for why I have not said that. First of all, I get very uncomfortable with the fact that people expect me to be an influencer. I'm just. A, people still haven't come to terms with the fact that I see myself as just a. A simple person who goes to a game and enjoys it and comes back home, but I have also been accused of going soft on something because I've not said anything and I've not said anything, but they don't understand it well enough. So I can understand for these players, yeah. But come, you're coming yeah. to a very, very uh, a topic I'm very interested in. <laughs> Fair enough. Good. I actually wanted to know your thoughts about this. Uh, yeah, like I said, another area of expectations as of now is obviously women's cricket. It's interesting, Harsha sir, because both the men and the women are heading towards World Cups of their own. The men are going towards the T20 World Cup. Women are going towards the ODI World Cup. But do you think, as someone, and I'm not asking as a commentator or a broadcaster, I'm asking as somebody who just watches the game, follows the kind of stuff that's said on social media. Do you think our priorities are equal towards these two um, campaigns? Because we don't know where the women are going to be playing next. The domestic trophy is just done. The India South Africa tour got over. We have a tentative tour of England that's somewhere there in the schedule, but things are not final yet. What do you sort of make of that? Considering you have covered yeah. the teams run up towards no, no. World Series before, I'm a huge fan of women's cricket. I'll give you a small stat. Everyone talked about Jimmy Anderson having been around from 2002, and we made a big you know, Jimmy Anderson. Wow, he's around from 2002. Mitali Raj had made a hundred before 2002. Yeah. Julian Goswami was taking wickets before 2002. I mean, these two are towers. In Julian's case, actual tower, but <laughs> they are like the towers of, of the game, and they have fought the kind of odds that you cannot imagine. So I'm a I'm a huge fan of women's cricket. All I will say is, in the last 18 months, there have been extraordinary circumstances, and so people have had to prioritize. Uh, when it when people prioritize commercially. Then you start to get this uh, this variation. What I like about the women's tennis game or the women's golf game is that they run parallelly. They're not run by one common body. So the fact that cricket is run by a common body is actually fantastic for women's cricket 
because it allows all the funding, everything to come under one umbrella. The women can train at the NCA. The women can get good coaches. I think Gurke Raman is a, is a very good idea to coach someone like the women's game. He's a very thoughtful, he's almost a philosopher, he's a thoughtful kind of person. But I would, I would like much more. In fact, one of my recommendations was that within the BCCI, there is a CEO in the BCCI. There is there's a, there's a whole structure. We need to have a separate CEO for women's cricket because the men's game has been involved in so many things that have been happening. The IPL was a was huge turmoil around the IPL. It had to be cancelled. It had to be taken there. It's a $2.5 billion rights issue, $500 million every year. There's so much riding on it. Can we con con continue domestic cricket? Should we go to Australia? There's so much to, to worry about. My, my take on that is you must have a CEO women's cricket who does nothing but handle the women's game. Not necessarily a cricketer because you need to someone who understands administration, someone yeah. who understands funds, flow, finance, marketing, dealing with sponsors. It is the biggest misconception that if you have played cricket, you, you can do everything else in life. Whether you're a geologist, economist, anthropologist, whatever. I would have a very good young business person as CEO of the women's game and say, now grow the game. And I think the best way to grow the game is, and a lot of people have given me grief on this, but I'm sticking to my stand, is an eight-team eight women's IPL as early as possible. And the only reason I say that, and I've said that in two or three forums, is that if KKR or RCB or MI have a women's team, they will put lots more resources behind it. Yeah. MI will send John Wright out to watch a young Bumrah or they will go to Kiran More and say, how is young Pandya coming through? Is there another Pandya coming? They will hold trials for boys from Kashmir, from Meghalaya to try and find that next one player. They will track a player in South Africa, Marco Jansen, coming in to play for Mumbai Indians. KKR will track all these players. If the KKR had a women's team, they would also similarly track young girls. How many Shafali Varmas are waiting to be found? So that is my theory. A lot of people tell me we are not ready for it. We will never be ready for it unless we actually do it. If we start looking at what cannot happen, things will never happen. Right. It's like the entrepreneur. You think the entrepreneur goes into, says, okay, let me work out my next 10 years funds flow statement. Let me work on my brand positioning statement. Let me get my production right. Then I'll launch my product. No, you're already too late. So that is why I'm a big fan of an eight-team IPL. I realize eight-team IPL means you're talking about seven India players, seven into eight, 56, 80 India players. You may not have that. That is why my suggestion that you start with five Indian players, six overseas players for the first two years only. In those two years, you start seeing young girls coming up. There'll be a young girl looking at Shapali Varman saying, Mary Khelungi? Yeah. A young girl in Moga saying, Harman Preet Bani, Mary Banungi? You know, there's a girl who's playing hockey along with Jemima Rodriguez. I'll also play cricket. So all these girls will start coming in. And uh, after two years, you have five overseas and six Indian girls. After two years, you review and say, can you go four overseas, seven Indian? Or will you stay with five overseas, six Indian? And the women's cricket game, I promise you, if I'm wrong, I know nothing about sport. The women's game will take off like nothing has taken off in India because it will become aspirational. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm a big thing. I think everybody should play cricket. I think the visually challenged, the physically challenged, the under 10s, the over 60s, everybody should play cricket because 
This is a sport for people to play. Who are we to decide who should play how much? It's not our game. We don't own this game. Who are we to say that a sports journalist's body should not play cricket? No, this game is for everybody. It's, it's a game to be played with a rubber ball, with a tennis ball, with a hard ball, on a tennis court, everywhere. That is where our game grows. So I'll, I'll be very disappointed if uh, our, our women's cricket doesn't take off immediately. And if you start having these, these three, four games are not taking us anywhere. I mean, I can understand exactly. that, that the IPL wants to, uh, along a huge platform like the IPL, showcase the women's game. I think we've long crossed that stage. We are finally at the T20 World Cup. We are finally the 50 World Cup. Right. So, is the WBBL that. a good sort of a platform to ape there? Because in that more sense, more girls are playing cricket in Australia than ever before. Not yeah. at a professional level, at a social level. It is when you play at a social level that the game grows professionally. More girls are playing. Australia just won 22 games in a row. Why is that Sorry, happening? Ricky Ponting. <laughs> I think India runs the fear of being left behind, runs the risk of being left behind if we do not continue to have, don't grow our own IPL because the game is getting stronger. I mean, you, you see, you see our, 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 our leg spinner, Poonam Yadav, right? The leg spinner. She's, people now know how to play her. Yeah. People now know that our spinners bowl at a certain pace. We now know how to play them. Now, what is our next progress? Where's the young girls bowling quick in India? There are some, there are some girls who are, who are coming through. Chulan Goswami is still your best quick. So I think we exactly. need to have lots more people playing. I'm very, very bullish on, on women's cricket. The fact that you said that Julan is still one of our premium pacers, right? These three. I mean, she's a champion. Now. That's, that, that's yeah. a separate story. I mean, Julan is a yeah. champion. Yeah. If you look at the four names that will immediately come to your mind when we talk about women's cricket in India, of course, you have Mitali, Julan, Smriti and Harman Preet. Beyond this, we're also talking about the fact that there's such a captaincy gulf because in this India-South Africa series that just went by, Mithali obviously plays just the ODIs now. Julan obviously also plays the ODIs now. So in the T20s, when Harmanpreet had to sit out with an injury and then Smriti came in and Smriti injured her ankle in the first game, we didn't know who was going to be the captain for the next two, three, for the next two, three games in case Smriti had to sit out again. Is this also something we can address with a better national setup? or Because obviously you I mean, have... These this is what happened. I mean, these things will happen. You don't have to plan this. These things will happen. I mean, look what's happened in the IPL today. How many Indian players are leading teams in the IPL? Virat Kohli is leading RCB. Rohit Sharma is leading MI. Dinesh Karthik was still recently leading KKR. Gautam Gambit led, led KKR. KL Rahul leading Kings. Shreyas Iyer leading uh, Delhi. Now, Vishapant. When you're captain of a franchise and then when you go to play for India, your view of the game changes. You start thinking like a leader in the middle of a game. As you have these franchises, Indian girls will also start to grow like that. By the way, uh, my last point on the women's IPL was played in November, not in summer, because I don't want it to be seen as the little baby brother sister of, of the IPL. Stand alone. It will not get the same viewership. That's fine. It, it'll, it'll take time to grow. Yeah. But it will. It should be as it should be a standalone, not played uh, alongside this. But the girls will grow playing like this, and women think the girls think differently about sport. They play sport very differently. People will start understanding more and more that women's cricket is not a variant of men's cricket, but a different game. And the moment they understand it's a different game, they'll start to they'll start to enjoy it. I mean, when you watch Serena Williams play, you search for Roger Federer. In Serena Williams, 
you enjoy Serena or Naomi Osaka now. You enjoy Naomi Osaka for who she is. You don't look at Naomi Osaka and say, well, she doesn't hit it like Djokovic. No, because they're different sports. Yeah. So once that happens, we will we will stop saying, you will then say it's a different game. Then slowly, the other thing will happen is you start pushing the boundary ropes back. It's demeaning. Now the boundary ropes are demeaning. Exactly. I yeah. mean, Harman Preet is hitting it in the stands. Why are you bringing the boundary ropes in so much? So, but uh, but chat to Burke. I had a chat with uh, Burke Ramana of the women's game. Very revealing. And there's a very interesting quote that actually my wife's writing a book on women professionals. So we were discussing that recently by Matthew Mott, who was a coach of the women's game in, in Australia. And he said, you know, in a, in, when you sit in a men's dressing room, because you're also coach in New South Wales, and you say, you know, guys, today we played crap. Each guy thinks, yeah, I know, he's talking about that guy. He said, in the women's game, if I say, you know what, today we were hopeless, each girl takes it personally. He said, so the communication has to be different. We start realizing that the approach to the game is different, that coaching could be a little different, and we will grow. Of course, we will grow. I, I want to see Indian women as number one, as much as I want to see Indian men as being number one. So that is why my thing about the uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, with that, I realized that we've taken over an hour of your time. So I want to be a little kind and we can wrap this up in a way because you were talking about evolution and because you were talking about growth of the game. Let's talk about a little bit of what you've done over the last couple of years. We're heading into the IPL now and we are all and I speak for everybody in this conversation when I say that we are looking forward to your takes on the game going into the next two and a half months. You yourself have evolved from, like you said, writing, radio, TV and now digital. You're there everywhere. How have you managed that? It's a, it's a balance that a lot of journalists have not managed to get right. So if you had a word of advice or a couple of tips that you can give, not just your contemporaries, but little ones like me, what would you say? There's no point giving tips to contemporaries of mine because <laughs> we, are all, we are long past that stage. But what I felt 10, 15 years ago, and look what Vijay thinks about this because he comes from a slight, he comes, he's in the media, but he's come from a different uh, source. Yep. I keep telling every young person I meet, the era of the English speaking, English writing, print journalist died 20 years ago. Yep. Today, you have to be professionally bilingual. You have no choice. You cannot be this accented English speaking person who people looked up to 25, 30 years ago with a lovely deft turn of phrase when we were all coming in. Wow. You have to be professionally bilingual and professionally multimedia. You can no longer be just single media. So I tell all the young journalists, I had a long chat with a, a young kid who's now, for me, everyone's a young kid, with Bharat Sundaresan who's now in Australia saying, do video, do video, do video. If it means just setting up your camera, uh, your phone camera, talk into that, see whether you're sounding all right. Because when you speak to the camera, you don't have time to formulate sentences. Whereas when you're writing, you're trying to formulate sentences. It's a different beast completely. But more and more, you will have to be multimedia. You have to be a good writer. You have to be decent in front of camera. And you have to be able to express your thoughts in 280 characters. You have to. And for that, you have to be very, very versatile. I mean, everyone talks about Neville Carter's. By the time Neville Carter's in all those good days, oh, Neville Carter. By the time Neville Carter's told you what had happened, your subeditor has thought of everything else. <laughs> yeah. Where's the space? Where's the space? 
I mean, can you imagine? Does does would the does the Hindu still give the kind of space it gave Mohan and you? No. Yeah. So we all have to learn to be precise and yet retain the flow. So, for example, sometimes I don't enjoy it very much. Sometimes I do these small sponsor articles that appear in the Times. I'm given three fifty four hundred words, and I know that somebody is going to cut it off in between. So I actually write two hundred. And create a little. Are it two hundred, two fifty, and then fill it up to three fifty. Whereas the ideal thing is write six hundred and cut it down to three fifty. As Vijay will tell you, is looking frowning at me when I say that <laughs> I write two hundred, add it, add it to three hundred, three fifty. But within that two fifty, I will write two twenty of what I want and thirty words to make it look good. Yeah. So we have to we have to find a way. In school, we had pressy writing. Lavanya, you know what pressy writing is? Little <laughs> too young for it. In school, we were given uh, passages, right? Say 250 word long passages, and yeah. a pressy is a one third. You have to write it in one third, and okay. the teacher would judge whether you've covered everything in that one third. Twitter, Twitter of those times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we have to learn to be versatile. So today's young person getting into this profession, one thing: stop coming with stars in your eyes and thinking that I'm going to become a social media influencer and make money. Yeah. No. Become very good at what you do. Understand the visual medium. Stop. Stop thinking that Instagram is the future, because Instagram will come and go. I heard this lovely line, Vijay. I was listening to a podcast, and Dwayne Bravo talked about young players having Instagram muscles. Oh, <laughs> it's such a great line. Instagram yes. muscles, not playing muscles. Instagram muscles. Correct. Muscles to show off on Instagram. So don't think life is Instagram. uh because instagram comes today and goes to how many people remember orkut how many people remember all these things that came back learn visual medium learn short form writing and uh become multi, multi multilingual because not tomorrow now suppose now vijay and i could do two hours in a without speaking english though he is a khufia hyderabadi being a delhi wala he pretends to be hyderabadi actually delhi wala <laughs> <laughs> so but you have to be able to do and so i have actually tried to improve my marathi my telugu sadly has gone almost gone because i haven't spoken it for a long time but i would have loved to do a broadcast in telugu or or marathi but if it came to that if we had to have a conversation vijay and me could have a conversation in marathi we could still do it so you should be and that's all i will tell young people today be multilingual be multimedia and don't get obsessed by uh, Mentions and what people are saying about you, because nobody always says good things about you. She would say nasty things about me as well. It's okay. Bef and before before we let you go, Harsha, uh, <clears throat> I would love to know how do you <clears throat> stay focused? I mean, I am amazed because. Uh, मेरे दोस्त बोलते हैं ना कितना बोलता है I have I have given up. I can't watch so much of cricket, honestly. But I marvel. I mean, day in day out, you are going on and on and on and on. Toss करना है कि उसके बाद presentation करना है, match देखना है, commentary करना है. Where do you get this energy from? Because there is no option. It is oxygen. For a broadcaster, energy is oxygen. If you have no energy, you are not a broadcaster. Because the first thing people notice on camera. is a presenter's energy the second thing they notice is the eyes when you are tired 
and you're bored, your eyes tell the story, you cannot hide it. But energy is, is the key. But I'll tell you something. I get worked up. I have gone to a... To do, I, when I go to do a toss, I have butterflies raging in my stomach. I have practiced what I have to say five times before I go there. And at the end of the toss, believe me, I, have, I cannot remember a word of what they have said because I'm thinking of what's coming next. So I still get worked up. I still am watching like this. And then I'm like this. My legs are tight. So, but if I don't watch, I mean, uh, in a, it's used in a different context. As a modern this FOMO, fear of missing out. In my case, I always realized that I had to work twice as hard as everybody else to stay in the same place. So I have no choice. So yesterday, for example, I was doing something. The TV was on. I was watching that uh, Fakhar Zaman made 190. But I'll tell you one other thing. India versus England, three ODIs. I came back from the T20s and I said, no, cricket is just completely overtaken my life. I did not watch one ball. I did not watch one ball, did not put out one tweet. I just switched off and I said, let me see if I can survive without it. And I did. But IPL, I will watch every game, obviously. But yeah, but yeah it's, a, it's a tricky balance. But the break is good, isn't it? Getting a break is good. It is. Yeah, it is. But if you haven't watched cricket for a while, you go on air and sometimes you say something that makes everyone aware that you have not watched the game. And on social media, and there'll be a few people watching this, they watch a lot more cricket than I do. I don't watch anywhere near the amount of cricket that, the, that a cricket fan does. So True. Very true. Very true. And uh, I mean, what is that? The North Stand gang and all these guys. I get the feeling they have 36 hours a day they're watching cricket. My <laughs> God. Amazing they are. Amazing. Yeah. North Stand so gang. I don't watch anywhere near that much. But the energy that you said, it is mandatory. So sometimes if you see me in a corner, I might be sitting like this. And then I'll go out and I'll be like this. So, acting Harshu, I must say, and you you will have to agree with me. I mean, uh, okay, I mean, you're giving me no choice anyway. He always says this. You have to agree with me. Okay, I'll agree with you. I will never give you any choice. You know, today's youngsters, say a 24-year-old of today, is far more informed and far yes. more far more uh, should I say knowledgeable about the sport than what we were at that age. No comparison. No comparison because they're watching so much. Yes. I mean, yes. yeah, uh, you, you know, Lavna, I know people who will go to Dream 11 to fan code to watch some game because it's not it's not on television. Yeah. They're hearing the best minds talking about it. Their awareness and knowledge of the game bears no resemblance to ours because, I mean, Sports, Sports Star magazine started. Before that, I mean, I even remember a little kid reading sport and pastime. But that came once a week. So you got your uh, measured articles a week later. You got your review a day later. And I'll tell you, till the 80s, we never got television. No? So we hadn't watched. We thought that somebody was great. We couldn't, we hadn't, we hadn't watched it. So the younger players, the younger guys, they've seen so much. They've got access to so much more. Social media has changed everything. So we have to assume that they know they, they know a lot more and the way they mine numbers. So one of the reasons I read my mentions on Twitter, and it takes a long time to do that, is somewhere somebody will tell me something that I hadn't that hadn't struck me. And I thought, oh shit, you have a correct idea. And and there are two or three people who I who I find to be let's say unpleasant, 
but I still follow them because they are very good at mining numbers and I still learn something from it. If I stop learning, then my career is over. If I stop learning today, tomorrow my career is over. So I have no choice. Why don't you, why don't you in this during IPL step, step into and, uh, and, and, and say some things like, you know, Nako bhai ye nahi ho sakta hai. ಅರೆಗಳಿಯಾಲ್ಟಾಗಿದೆ <laughs> but uh, that is one of the flavors of the ipl that is what i also enjoy doing so for example i put out a tweet once hmm. uh, about uh, hanuma vihari's mother hmm. saying me vaadu chaala baagutunnarandi and suddenly it struck a chord with so many people you know that he is speaking in my language so now i have to i i create a sentence in telugu i ask a friend sometimes saying is this correct sarigunda leda ಅಂಡ್ very 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 interesting very informative uh, podcast lavanya i'm sure you would have loved it this is an education for me this is maybe in all of the mondays this year this has been my best monday so that's oh, saying so you're saying mundane i thought you're saying mundane monday day day no day <laughs> thank you thank you for spending thank over an hour and a half with us it's been thank amazing you. to listen to you now and we will we wish you all of the very best for the ipl please stay safe as well considering everything that's happening in the country right now stay I've safe we've done about 45 covid tests already i just i just did one this morning yeah is your nose sore yet i can't imagine doing so many tests it's like my teeth is like the teeth miss the brush like that my nose misses the swab <laughs> good one good one take it that's all we have for you in this episode of talk time We hope you had as much fun listening to this podcast as we did producing it. Until another episode and another bunch of great guests. It's goodbye from all of us here at Sportsda. Stay healthy, stay safe and mask up. 